Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. In a minute, cuz. We live. We live. We live. <laughs> Welcome in. This is Locked On Hornets. I'm Doug Branson coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in BEA beautiful Uptown Charlotte. This is your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. Subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. And uh, we are so glad that you have made us part of your daily routine. And we are bi-weekly through the summer. But once this offseason kicks into high gear, we will be on Monday through Friday updating you on everything surrounding the Charlotte Hornets. No David Walker today, my normal co-host. He uh, he has an injury. This is an injury report that we have. Got injured in a pickup basketball game. Uh, so he is working on recovery. He's fine. Everything's cool. Uh, he'll be back in action next week. Uh, don't mention Gittimer.com enough, by the way. It's where we, their studios here in Uptown Charlotte, where we do most of our shows. Uh, if you're in sales and need some help, need some information, uh, need some training, uh, Gittimer.com is the place to go. You can sign up for the Gittimer Learning Academy, and there are a lot of freebies on that site as well. So, uh, they know sales. If you need help, uh, check out Gittimer.com. We're also brought to you by SeatGeek. It's the easiest way to buy and sell tickets online. Uh, use our promo code LONBA on the SeatGeek app, the free SeatGeek app, and get $20 off your first uh, purchase. Okay, we've got a fantastic show. Uh, Walker Mail. You know that name? It, if you're into Charlotte sports radio, you probably do because he is a real up-and-comer, not even up-and-comer, I mean, he's there. A young guy, but he is uh, the co-host of the Wake Up Call on 7.30 The Game ESPN. He's got a really cool story that he shared with us. We we sat down in the studio. He, he paid us a visit. It's always fun when the when the radio guys come to pay us a visit because I don't think they think podcast. I think they think blog, and, they th- and it's fair, and they think uh, garage, they think basement, they think bedroom. And when we bring them to the Gittimer.com studios here in Uptown Charlotte, uh, it's the real deal, folks. Uh, we've shown pictures on Instagram and, and the Twitter before. Uh, we, we've got it going on here uh, in these studios, so it's always fun to see uh, their reaction. But uh, he was great, and we talked about his story, his background, which is very interesting. And we also talked about his sports allegiances. They are split. One of them is the Charlotte Hornets, but they are split. His uh, radio philosophy, his preparation, and then, of course, we spent some time talking about this Hornets offseason and what uh, he sees as the future for this Charlotte Hornets franchise next season and uh, beyond. But before we get to that, let's talk about SeatGeek. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way i found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere, and with just a few taps, I can instantly find seats. I actually just used SeatGeek the other day to acquire some Charlotte Knights tickets coming up. 
Uh, Got to get out there and see them more often. I live right down the street. And so with a couple of taps on my SeatGeek app, I just uh, fire that thing up, show my tickets on my SeatGeek app, and then move right along onto the game. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get you the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. And our listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Here's what you have to do. Download the SeatGeek app today. Enter promo code LONBA. You can do that right now. No purchase necessary. That's promo code LONBA. And then you get $20 off your first purchase. Simple as that. So David's not in studio. Producer Katie is overseas on business. So it's really me all by my lonesome. And, uh, you know, when, uh, for, for married folks or, or, or for, you know, if you, if you live with someone, maybe you have a roommate, something like that. I, if you've been that way for a while, uh, I think you, you may be taking for granted how difficult it is to manage a household of any size by yourself. I certainly did. I'm finding that out. Uh, I'm finding out that, when it and I, I sort of remember this. I, it's been a while since I've lived uh, on my own, and oh, for any a period of time, I've been home alone for about a week. And I realize that I'm very much a a game manager when it comes to managing the house in terms of of uh, cleaning it, in terms of uh, just doing the the checking the mail, making the dinner, you know, feeding myself. It's very much a, a thing where. I'm a game manager, meaning I, I'm, I'm like a backup point guard where I'm coming in. I'm, not, I'm, I'm trying not to hurt things. I'm trying not to set things on fire. I'm just doing the best I can. Things are, like the house isn't destroyed. It's not a mess, but it's certainly uh, when, 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 when I'm teaming up with someone, it, it's a much better deal. Now I'm subbed in. I'm the full-time uh, point guard here, and I'm very much game managing uh, I'm doing mostly def. I'm playing mostly defense, trying to keep you know do what I can here and there. Uh, put a little bit of laundry in when I can. Not doing like a you know a full scale assault on the laundry. Um, you know, uh, trying to mix up a little bit of finding easy things at the grocery store and also ordering out. It's very much. I'm very much a defensive point guard at this point. So uh, yeah, send your thoughts and prayers for me as I still I have a little bit left to go. I'm alone in the studio, alone at home. Uh, help me, please. I'm just kidding. Everything's great, and this interview is great with Walker Mail. Let's get to it. Take a listen. Joining us now in the Gittimer.com studios, Walker Mail. He is a co-host on The Wake Up Call on ESPN 730 The Game. You can join him, Molly Cotton, and Bobby Rosinski weekday mornings from 6 o'clock a.m. to 10 o'clock. Walker, I hope the coffee is good at the station because it's got to be an adjustment. It's waking up at 4 a.m. is exactly like I thought it'd be <laughs> after doing a show from first. So first you go 12 to three, then it gets shortened for one to three because now we have Keith Larson on and now, now there from 12 to one and then moving up to 4 a.m. Waking up, getting in the station about five. I get clowned all the time because I'm always the last one there for the last three days. Everyone knew it. 
But yeah, I, I'm I'm experimenting with coffee now, which now, I'm not a big coffee drinker anyway. So now I'm definitely getting into. It. Oh, so you're exper- so you're experimenting. Yeah. What I are mean, you experimenting with right now? Um, is it is it good stuff? I've tried double espresso shots. Okay. I've tried frappuccinos. I've tried even switching the temperature up on my body. I've tried a couple of hot stuff. Uh, I've tried different things at Starbucks. I can't even pronounce some of the names that I've tried. Macchiatos. Sure. Anything that's caffeinated. latte chinos, right? Yeah, exactly. what, what, whatever it is. I have no clue. Well, let me tell you, as a seasoned coffee drinker and someone who has worked <laughs> broadcast in the middle of the night, uh, soon the sugar will start to not matter. You'll, you're just going to go black and it's it's because it's a it becomes a matter of survival as opposed to something that you enjoy uh, but but hopefully just like craft beer hopefully your taste will develop for different kinds of coffee I, I think at least that was my evolution yeah well we'll see how it goes if it develops anything to my taste of craft beer then i should be okay before we dive into hornet's talk let's talk about you for a second how did you get into uh, sports broadcasting yeah so really lucky for me you know i, I asked uh, for an internship really at the at espn what was espn 730 we've changed names a couple times trying to rebrand but going to espn 730 at the and time. now you are now we're uh 730 the game espn so at 7.30 the game, ESPN Charlotte, um, putting that tagline on it now. So at first, it would have been my beginning of my junior year of college. I reached out to Bobby Rosinski and went in and met him and got an internship right off the bat. So started off doing, of course, all the intern stuff and uh, was an intern there for a couple of years. And eventually a spot opened up where just was lucky enough to keep climbing up. Then went, you know, did Sports Center hits and after Sports Center's, uh, got on on inside the lines with Molly Cotton, and then Molly Cotton, and now I, and now we uh, host the wake up call with Bob Rosinski. Did you study broadcasting in school? Was it yeah. was it something that you always wanted to do? Yeah, I, I've known what I've wanted to do. So I mean, ever since I was five years old, I'll tell you. You know, being from Indianapolis, grew up watching the Pacers. So I, I split duties between the Hornets and the Pacers. It's I hate that I'm a fan of two teams, but I can't help it. So Pacers and Hornets. Ever since I watched that 2000 Finals. With Kobe Bryant and Shaq and the Indiana Pacers with Reggie Miller, Jalen Rose is my guy. Ever since that, I've wanted to be a part of the game. And when it was obvious I wasn't going to be able to play in the association, talking about it's not now too Now your bad. name does pop up on some prep sites, though. So you do you had a background in basketball. You yeah. were you you played. Yeah, I did. So I played uh I played for good old Bunker Hill High School in Catawba County, and uh, I was there. Um, played, uh, was lucky enough to get varsity in my sophomore season and, uh, played there and went to UNC Charlotte looking to walk on. And then, you know, I looked all good to walk on and actually, uh, had some heart problems. So we're just going into, uh, just going into, um, your regular, really what was a regular checkup. You get, find out that you have some problems and pretty much ended my basketball career at that point. So now I'm good to play for fun and stuff like that, but it ended it. I was out of the game for a while, and so I, I always wanted to talk about sports anyway, though. So getting a jump start on it wasn't a necessarily a bad thing. Interesting. So yeah, yeah was it that, at that moment you were like, okay, well, I can't do this anymore, but I want to stay within the sure. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yes, it absolutely was. So once that happened, I, um, you know, I mean, well, you know, basketball is not going to interfere so much because it'd be tough to have an internship yeah, yeah. and be doing all school, you know, and and playing basketball. So then. You know, my junior year, I again, I got that internship and just ran with it full speed ahead. And what is your preparation like now that you are, you know, officially a co-host? Did it change at all from when you were producing? I've always had a knack. For, to me, 
I'll forget all the little things that drive my mom and everyone else that's been around me crazy, but stats just have always stuck to me. Mm. And just look at, you know, anything that I've read in an article, it's always stuck to me. I've had, I mean, I've had a huge passion for sports. You know, I know it's a huge cliche for everyone involved in the business, but that's, I mean, quite, it's how you get in, you know, being OCD with my basketball cards, organizing them in, in alphabetical, alphabetical order, order, excuse me. And so when you do that, it's just, it sticks with you. So now with the preparation, it's just kind of always stuck with me. And now of course you're diving into it in a lot more detail, but it, it sticks with me and it's changed a little bit, but not necessarily a whole lot ever since just being a kid, just trying to figure out all the stats and be pretty much a, as big of a nerd boy as possibly as you can be. Did you listen to sports radio growing up? A little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously ESPN was uh, something I watched constantly, but I, I listened to a little bit of sports radio. So you're pretty young. I mean, is the industry, do you think, changing at all? I mean, do you see, is there is there talk of sort of a, a different future for sports radio? You know, I don't have a lot of experience in it. Mm-hmm. From what I've been in, you know, we, we've changed a lot as a station. N- watching, I think, you know, just look at what's going on with everyone's jobs getting laid off now on ESPN, right? right? It looks like media is what everyone wants now. Mm-hmm. You know, I know writing is, is taking a backseat to, to it now. So with radio, ESPN radio has got a lot of stuff, you know, obviously working for ESPN affiliate, mm-hmm. you know, us carrying a lot of those shows. I mean, it's, there's a lot of stuff to like now with radio. And it, I, I know, I think it's, I think it's changing a little bit. Um, I think for the good for a little bit yeah. for it. Um, I mean, I, I mean, there's, there's some stuff that we could enhance as well, but I think right now, I think it's in a pretty good place. Would you, I mean, would you agree with radio? I mean, honestly, you probably have more experience than I have. I mean, I'm, I'm very inexperienced right now. Well, I wonder sometimes how much podcasting and the rise of podcasting. Well, podcasting the, is huge. You're right. Yeah, yeah. And how that will, the long format, the in-depth format will, will eventually leak in to sports radio. And and I already, I mean, I see it with your show. I see it with the wake up call. I feel like you guys have smart, intelligent conversations that go a little bit deeper than I think that I'm used to. And what sort of turns me off about sports radio sometimes is, uh, the, the just kind of glazing over the surface and repeating the same sort of cliches over and over. But I feel like, you know, your, your show is a good example of how, Maybe some of that is is giving way uh, to a little bit more intelligent sports talk. You you try to stay away from just being loud for the sake of being loud. Right. You try to stay away from taking some outrageous take just for the sake of using that to try to you know enhance yourself. Instead, trying to be it's all about information, and that's something that we have harped on on the mm-hmm. studio. Trying to be uh, as informative as we possibly could be. And so I guess I see it from that range. You know, you see a lot of these shows now. It's complete. You just take one hot take after another and put them against each other. So I can see how it changes that way. But we've always tried to be informative as we can. Yeah. Well, speaking of information, let's uh, let's give the listeners some about this Hornets offseason. Yeah. Want to get your opinions uh, on this? Let's talk about the the needs that the Hornets had: backup point guard, some outside shooting, rim protection, athleticism. They bring in Dwight Howard. They draft Malik Monk. Uh, recently bringing in Michael Carter-Williams for that backup point guard position. Do you think that they have done enough to address the depth issues that they admitted they had last season? Yeah, I absolutely do. I I said it the other day. I think the Charlotte Hornets, when you've looked at all the other teams in the Eastern Conference, I think they've improved from start to where they are now. I guess from last season to where they are now, 
as much as any other team in the Eastern Conference. You could argue Boston very easily, right? They get Gordon Hayward. You even get Marcus Morris. I love Avery Bradley. You don't like to see him go away from that team. But you even get Marcus Morris, guy, averages double digits. You want another big body to try to guard LeBron. And he's a tough guy. Yeah, that guy's a banger, man. So you get those guys. I, I think Boston has improved. But the Charlotte Hornets, you get Dwight Howard, which I've never really gotten all the hate for Dwight Howard anyway. You know, I understand the guys had some problems going with the Lakers. Didn't really necessarily end well with Stan Van Gundy and Houston. But look at, you know, he's dealing with Kobe with L.A. I haven't heard a whole lot of people say they love playing with Kobe. Same James Harden. Maybe that's a little bit of a different story, but that offense was starting to change. Kind of trying to gradually go away from Dwight Howard. It just wasn't working for them. Now you have Steve Clifford, which I think is a very real relationship that's going to work out for this team. I think that is is something that, you can hang your hat on to help you with Dwight Howard and Steve Clifford being in the same franchise again. I think that helps a lot. That brings down Cody Zeller to a bench role. Frank Kaminsky been a huge fan of Frank. I think, I think his ability to stretch the floor has been very good and bring in Michael Carter Williams. I thought that was the move to make all along, to be honest with you. Now, if you could get Darren Collison, yeah, Darren Collison's better, but now you have Michael Carter Williams to address the lack of size in the backcourt that you have now drafting Malik Monk, having Kimba Walker in the backcourt. So you go fix it by getting a 6'6", 6'7", point guard whose, def- whose strength is defense, can't really shoot very well at all. I mean, he's an awful shooter, but can help you on the defensive side. I absolutely think they've improved quite a bit this offseason. And it seemed like for Michael Carter-Williams, the adjustment to being exclusively a bench player, even though he did get an opportunity to start somewhat in Chicago uh, briefly when there was the whole Rondo mess, uh, but it seemed that adjustment did not go well, and it sounds like from uh, the conversation that he had with the media being introduced that he's going to look to Kimball Walker to sort of relearn how to lead a, a, a unit, whether that, you know, he's used to leading the first unit. Now he has to sort of figure out, how do I lead a second unit? And I think that will be the big story for Michael Carter-Williams. I want to go back to Dwight Howard, though, because it seems like when you look back at Los Angeles and you look back at Houston as well, he he seems to just really want to be understood. And and it seems like he feels like both from the situations that he was in, but also from from uh, critics, that he's misunderstood as a player maybe that doesn't like to play in pick and roll. He says that's a complete misunderstanding. And I think it will be very interesting to see how Steve Clifford, I don't want to say cater is the wrong word, but just sort of makes him feel like he's a big part of the team and that his game is understood. I think it's going to be a big test for Steve Clifford. Yeah, I think it will be. You know, I mean, if Steve Clifford can't fix, I guess, quote unquote, Dwight Howard, then there's going to be a lot of eyebrows raised. And you wonder how much pressure is going to fall on Steve Clifford with this move being made by Rich Cho. I think it's fine. What has happened here with Dwight Howard, who was once a dominant player with the Orlando Magic? Now it's almost become to a fact where he's underrated now. Mm -hmm. This is a guy where now everyone wants to hate on Dwight Howard because of what's happened in L.A., what's happened in Houston, and even at the end of Orlando, as we just touched on. But now it's it's how people it's now people have forgotten that Dwight Howard can still play in the post. It, It says now it's altering what you actually see on the basketball court. I'm not saying the guy is going to go out there and put Kevin McHale type moves on you. You heard it here, folks. He just said uh, he's going to put Kevin McHale moves on. <laughs> I'm not saying that. <laughs> what I am saying is you get a guy who's average double-double every single year. 
You tell me that's not value on an NBA team today? I understand we're going to small ball. You tell me that's not value? A guy getting double-doubles, still averaging 12 rebounds? Yeah, I'll take him on my team any day of the week. Well, I'll tell you one thing. It's going to fundamentally change some of the things that we've been used to seeing out of Hornets basketball, I think. Because if you look at the offseason moves that they've made over the past couple of years, there hasn't really been a move since Al Jefferson arrived that has fundamentally changed the way that they will operate. And, and and I think it all goes to rebounding. How will his ability to offensive rebound and the sort of space that he sucks up inside change things for Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, who was, I think, third among small forwards last season in rebounding. Team, it's going and, – and that, you know, his focus on offensive rebounding goes counter to what the Hornets have been doing, but – when you have a player of his caliber that can do that, suddenly philosophies start to shift. So it's going to be very interesting to see what they do next season. You want your strength to be a strength. You don't want to get away from what Dwight Howard does well. But you saying a focus on rebounding now. Now, Cody Zeller hasn't been the greatest rebounder in the world, but he he, he can. Remember when Frank Kaminsky came in, filled in for Cody Zeller? Had some re- a game where there were some pretty high rebound games for Frank Kaminsky. And you wouldn't necessarily think that with him going out to the perimeter. But somehow he's able to corral some in when he was Getting that playing time for Cody Zeller, so you have him, MKG, getting Those tall guy rebounds, seven just, rebounds. The, the a game. ball just sort of hey, is there. Hey, well, you're you're getting to that point where before <laughs> other shorter guys are. You know, I'm not saying yeah. So it's with those guys being out there and Marvin Williams, you know, you've you've got some size in the front court now, maybe to get some rebounds. So uh, I, I agree that uh, rebounding is going to be something that's a strength for this team. Well, let's talk about the general manager, Rich Cho. Uh, his contract not extended in this offseason. You you seem to be pleased with with how the offseason went in terms of the, the moves that they made. And we're going to get to Malik Monk here in a second as well. Um, but how, how much pressure is on this team now to perform and get back to the playoffs in order for uh, you know, Rich Cho not to get the the Dave Gettleman treatment. Well, I think there's a ton of pressure. So if you're the most improved team in my eyes in the Eastern Conference, that means there have been other teams that haven't improved, right? Mm-hmm. So now you have Indiana. They're not going to make the playoffs. You have Atlanta, who is obviously trying to rebuild, trading away Dwight Howard, even taking on a Miles Plumley contract to do so. Now you have Atlanta out. Detroit's improved. Miami, th- those two teams could be on the bottom going in. But you have some teams. Chicago's not going to get in. They made it last year. Charlotte, I think, is right there with Milwaukee for five. I would say five and six, Milwaukee and Charlotte, I would expect to see there. The first four, Cleveland, Boston, Washington, Toronto. Washington's depth is a little concerning. I still have that starting five in there. I would have Charlotte right there at five or six. So if, if you come in with those expectations and you don't make the playoff for the second year in a row, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure. Who gets most of it? You know, Rich, everyone's, I haven't heard a bad thing, to be honest with you, about Rich Cho this offseason. I haven't heard anybody say that this was a bad one. I don't, I don't know how you look at it and say anything too negative overall. Maybe a Dwight Howard thing you don't like. Maybe somehow you're one of the GMs that passed on him and don't like Bleak Monk's size. But overall, I don't think you can dislike everything. So now with Rich Cho, it looks like he's gotten some praise. It's going to fall on Steve Clifford this year. He's got the pieces now. Steve Clifford came to bat for Rich Cho last year, saying, these are the guys I wanted. Press conferences would say, I wanted these guys out on the floor, and that's why it's frustrating. So Steve Clifford has pressure on him, I think even a little bit more than Rich Cho this year, just because we've given a lot of praise to what he's done this offseason. And it would be be interesting to see this team not have to make 
a midseason, you know, a huge midseason maneuver because it feels like they're always having to recover uh, near the trade deadline to deal with an injury or deal with a, a specific need. To see this team uh, be healthy, I think, would, would go a long way to help both of those gentlemen. Let's talk about the draft. He selects Malik Monk, uh, 11th overall. Did you expect Monk to fall that far? I had no clue he was going to fall that far. And then, so going back to the college basketball season, I thought it was a pipe dream for Malik Monk to fall to Charlotte. I thought he would go in the top five for sure. Maybe even top three as far as his talent goes. So that was a pipe dream. Come back a little bit when you're starting to have guys work out for teams. All of a sudden he starts to drift back a little bit because teams are so concerned with his size and maybe lack of defense, but you see the size become the issue more so than anything. So then now you're starting to see Dennis Smith, who, by the way, had actually fallen back a little bit. Now Dennis Smith, you're starting to hear, is going to go before Malik Monk. Now you're seeing this kid overseas, Frank Tilakina. Now he's starting to get some play over Malik Monk. You're thinking, well, they might have a shot at this thing. Because at first, the big discussion that we talked about all the time, right? I'm sure you guys did as well. Donovan Mitchell, Luke Kennard, and I think those two guys led our discussion. But there was a few. You know, I was a fan of OG Ananobi as far as a high ceiling guy. But, you know, I know a lot of, I know there's a lot of problems offensively there. I didn't think Malik Monk was going to fall. When he did, and you're watching Rich Cho, Thing. Rich Show, just just take the easy move here because it's not hard. And the fan friendly move and fan friendly, easy and right. And he did it at number eleven. And now, when when you look at the past drafts that Rich Show has had, Malik Monk has the highest potential, at least the biggest star potential of anybody he's drafted since Kimba Walker. No, I totally agree. I mean, the fact that he can work uh, both off the dribble and off the catch. I mean, there's obviously there's there's size issues. Uh, I don't even want to say defensive question marks because I think he's a high-intensity player on defense. The question marks come from his size. And I, his wingspan is bad. Right. It's, it's like 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, but, but there are plenty of stories of guys with less than stellar wingspans becoming good defenders because so much of it is about effort. There are less stories about guys who came in and, and couldn't play offense suddenly becoming offensive stars. And so I, I think that's I think that's very important for Malik Monk's a future. How do you see him fitting in year one? I think year one, there's been some talk about maybe starting midway through the season. I would have him on the bench the entire time, come in, be the quote unquote microwave that everyone's tabbed him as. I think that's fitting, you know, come hit, come in off the bench, get you double digit points, I think is, is a possibility from him off to, to start off. And I would still have MKG starting. Think about MKG being in the second unit, right? This would go back to the Oklahoma City molding, where you have Tabo Cephalosha starting because you want him to lock down your opposing def- the the opposing top score. Mm-hmm. You don't want MKG to knock to lock down the leading score in the second unit. Have MKG start still. You know, still still your leading rebounder still does a lot of good things for you. you know, offensively, you're compensating quite a lot. But I would have MKG start and I have Malik Monk come in off the bench, be able to score. Be able to roll with, uh, if you want Michael Carter-Williams there, I think that would, again, take up for the lack of size that he presents. And I think he can fit in well because you do lose a shooting guard in Marco Bellinelli who liked to take a ton of shots and kick his foot out. But now you have Malik Monk, who I think can be more efficient and certainly more fun to watch. And more athletic, I think. And and athleticism is something that I've been screaming for Desperately in terms lacking. of yeah, adding that guy and adding a, a two-way play as well. Uh, so we'll see if uh, Monk can uh, – can uh, he's just got to hang defensively. He doesn't have to be well, a, a star. You give me a 
very good athlete, a great athlete, and I'll give you potential on the defensive end. And that's what Malik Monk has. Well, they have a couple of million dollars left to spend and maybe one or two moves uh, left, but this lineup, at least the rotation, seems to be settled. Uh, But there are a few guys, Briante Weber, Johnny O'Brien, Trevion Graham, hanging around on unguaranteed deals. We're coming up on the point where those will some decisions will have to be made. Uh, do you see potential for Johnny O'Brien or Trevion Graham to make an impact on this roster this season? Well, Doug, you didn't even mention my guy. You didn't even mention Briante. Oh, well, I, you, no, I, so Briante, I, and I, I didn't mention I, Bacon I, either, I, Dwayne Bacon. I, 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 want, I want Briante badly. I can't even, really? I, whether, if it's irrational, that's fine. It might be. I can't help it. <laughs> I want Briante Weber. I get clowned every single day on the station. They they even put a montage of Marvin Gaye serenading me with a Briante Weber mention from me in the background. I love Briante Weber. I think the guy gives you a ton of stuff um, defensively and can help you a little bit offensively. Like I think he's improving, but I'll admit it's a little irrational. What's the right move here? The right move is Travion Graham. I, Johnny O'Brien's okay. You know, I, I think Johnny O'Brien's fine. I'd rather have Travion Graham when he stepped in for MKG. In very very limited minutes, granted, mm-hmm. but when he stepped in, I did okay. Yeah, and you would talk to Steve Clifford and said, you know what, he'll play again when 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 we get to a situation where MKG's hurt and we want to give the guy filling in for MKG really a breather. Trayvon Travion Grand can come in here and give them a little bit defensively. You so know, what I, I like you know what I think says a lot how aggressive he was in summer league, and the fact that the Hornets did not go out and acquire a a true backup small forward. I mean, I think if they were not confident in Travion Graham's ability, they could have easily gone out and and searched for that, and they did not. And and I just think if if Graham, because Graham sort of played this role last season where he's like, I don't want to make mistakes, you know, just trying to fill in where I can, pick my spots, you know, not trying to be a star. Uh, but I think he's got an opportunity to get – some minutes this season, and you wonder how much of that aggressiveness that we saw in summer league will translate into the regular season. Yeah, absolutely. And and what about the three ball? I mean, he's improved his shooting yeah. quite a bit. I mean, he, he kind of forced your hand in summer league. You know, how, how do you look at those performances and not and, and have it not catch your attention a little bit? I I agree. I think Travion Graham's the right answer. Briante Weber is the one with my heart. All right, real quick, what are your big storylines to finish out this offseason? What are some questions you have as we? Are, we're still a long way away from training yeah. camp, but just your your initial thoughts on some storylines. I think Dwight Howard is is probably going to be the biggest storyline, I guess, as we go in. There's going to be continued questions about that. I think maybe you know who the pressure falls on, as we discussed. Honestly, though, I, I don't know if there's going to be anything else that's you know the next move. They don't have a whole lot of money to deal with now. I mean, that's why you got Michael Carter Williams for two point seven million. You know, I, I don't know if there's going to be any other moves made to really grab that storyline but I, I think that it's going to be relatively quiet to be honest with you heading into the offseason but a lot of attention to Dwight just because I, I would I would argue at any point of his career you know Dwight Howard's probably the best Hornet to don a Hornet jersey you know to I guess best player to don a Hornet jersey just because of his longevity and his production in the league. So Walker, you you are co-hosting a new show, The Wake Up Call on seven thirty, The Game. Tell us about the Wake Up Call. What can listeners expect when they tune into you guys uh, from six to ten? Yeah, you, you can expect uh, guys having fun. You know, Bobby, Molly, and I we, we have a lot of fun on the show. Bobby more so than us. I, I'm kind of the nerd of, of the of the show. <laughs> That's great. I'll, I'll be honest I love with that. you. Yeah, I'm I'm the nerd of the show. 
um, where I just kind of let my thoughts spill onto the microphone and, and Molly comes in, shakes it up. Molly's a rock star. I mean, she demands the respect of any room that uh, she's in at the time. And when we're discussing stuff, you know, it, it's it's just a very good dynamic. I think immediately when you tune in, you can feel the chemistry. You know, it, it's, a, it's a lot of uh, the chemistry works. I think that's what I've heard a lot of other people discuss with us when they're listening. Say just everything, you put it in a pot and it just really melts well together. So I think you can expect that. A lot of information, but we're not afraid to have fun. So uh, it's a really fun show to listen to. Uh, it's, it's a very entertaining show alongside Bobby Rosinski and Molly Cotton and myself. And uh, I'm excited to get this news. Get the basically the new show started really as we've only three days in now. And you got some news. You got some Carolina Panthers oh, news. So you're not in. You're not in a bad spot. I'm going to give you a freebie here because I, I, Bobby, Molly, Walker, BMW, German Engineering. <laughs> it's a freebie. You take that one. I like it. You take that back to the station. Hey Walker, I appreciate you joining us here on Locked On Hornets, and we want to hear from you soon. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's been fun. Thanks a lot. BMW, German Engineering. What did you think of that, folks? Giving them a little free look. If you come and visit this studio, that's nice enough. And then I'm going to give you ideas for the future. That's what my mind is always moving, folks. Always moving. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. That was great. Uh, Check out, if you haven't yet, check out the wake-up call on 7.30 The Game ESPN on your dial. You can also check them out on the ESPN app. Again, it takes, you know, I think most people say that for a show, and it was certainly true of of Locked on Hornets, we're still learning what this show is and what we want it to be because, you know, we we are constantly upgrading the show. So, you know, I think most radio shows normally they start with some, you know, established protocol uh, there, there's certainly a history of sports radio that provides a foundation, and uh, but still, even that, it takes about a year to figure out what a show is and what a combination is. And I think they're developing it very quickly. And I think, you know, it's going to change and morph. And so, be part of it. Be part of the ground floor, like you were uh, with this show, Locked On Hornets. And we're still continuing to upgrade things here, both technologically but also our coverage. Uh, I'm promising you expanded coverage of the Charlotte Hornets this offseason. We are going to be uh, more involved with uh, more on the ground with the team than we ever have before. So if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get podcasts by searching Locked on Hornets. And also make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram. And check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash LOH. If you like the coverage you've already heard and you're excited about this expanded coverage that we are about to offer this upcoming season, then show your support on Patreon. Plus, you get access to things that others don't have access to. There's opportunities to get double entries into the ticket giveaways that we're going to do this season. And boy, we've got some fantastic ticket giveaways coming up this season, I can already tell you, and uh, some other giveaways and contests as well. Uh, so check that out. Also, I think we're going to do some live post games, and those live post games will be available on Patreon and then get turned around uh, for this podcast for everyone else. So if you want to be an exclusive member of this podcast, a true hardcore Hornets fan, check out patreon.com slash LOH. Thank you so much.
much for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Shoot us your Hornets questions and thoughts to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. We're back again next week with some updates. We're going to talk about this Jersey news going on, hopefully some more developments around the Charlotte Hornets specifically. Plus, we've got some NBA 2K ratings starting to leak. Uh, Maybe we'll see some for Kimba Walker, Nick Batum. Uh, We'll talk about that and much, much more next week. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. Charlotte.